G'day, guys. The Renegades are under the microscope today for us. We're going to go through our predicted 11s, all the squad news coming out of Melbourne at the moment, our hot and cold picks, and plenty more. Stick with us. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, you are. Welcome back. Another Insight BBL show in your feeds on the Insight Podcast Network. I am the Super Coach Brain, and you can find me on X at SC underscore Brain. And I'm joined by my co-host, the super coach, big horse, Mickey Dell. How are you, mate? Hello, mate. And finally, we get to talk about my favourite team, the red team, not the orange team, but the red <laughs> team. And a team who I believe, not just because I support them, but I think these guys are a chance to win it all this year. Yeah. Um, I, I, They're my tip to take it out this year. Uh, and I think people will explain, well, we'll explain why we think that very soon and but they're deep as hell, and and I really like what I'm looking at when I look at their predicted eleven as well. There's a, a bit of news coming out with uh, Quentin de Kock and, and guys like that, so uh, it looks like he might be around, which is fantastic. But um, before we dive into that, mate, the show, of course, is brought to you by the Standard Squeeze, Ryan from Astute Newstead and, and Bonus Bank. Now, make sure to hit like on the episode as well if you like the content. Hit the subscribe button. Turn the little notification bell on if you really like it. It'll be Zoom straight to your phone every time we go live or we pop an episode up. And we've still got plenty coming in the preseason as well to help you guys get your teams ready for BBL round one. Now, if you are listening on audio, you're not going to get to look at our beautiful faces and that's probably an advantage for you. So, uh, you know, it could be Spotify, Apple or Google podcast. Maybe I speak for myself, um, but hit follow and leave us a review. Now, um, Mick, if people haven't jumped in this unlimited group yet, what are they doing? They must be hiding under a rock somewhere because... If you put in the following six-digit code, you will enter our league, which is free, and you get to win prizes. It's easy. You win shit for free, and that's it. So the code, 482267, I repeat, 482267. We're giving away a Supercoach Champions ring this year. So all you need to do, go into the app, put these numbers in, join the league, win the league, you get a free ring valued at, I don't know, a million dollars, and you're <laughs> up for weekly packs. So if you finish top of our league each week, you will get a standard squeeze pack courtesy of the guys at the standard squeeze. How good's that? Love the standard squeeze as well. I got my my drink in my four in one here, keeping it nice and cold. And I did have a coffee out of this this morning as well. So beautiful. If uh, and people don't back themselves in and they don't think they can win, just use the Insight fifteen code. Get yourself fifteen percent yeah. off. Just do it. Save yeah. some and coin. I don't know about you, but I love free shit. So I'm going in everything that doesn't cost me anything. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm with you. Mate, your Renegades are on the block here. They're the last team of the preview, and we saved, did we save the best to last? I don't know. I reckon we might have. Saving the best for last. Yes, we did. I'm going to clip the shit out of that. That's going on social oh, media as well, just to say, you know. No, I agree with you. I truly think that they, when we look at their team, yes, they, they're older. I think the average age is pretty high on, on the Melbourne Renegades squad. They've got a lot of veteran presence within this team, and I think that's a really big advantage for them. Um, so, mate, the ins for these guys are pretty big. They've got Adam Zampa coming across from the Melbourne Stars after the big little man-cad debacle from last year. Uh, we've got Nathan Lyon coming across from the Sydney Sixers. I'm unsure how many games he plays, but having him around the squad at least or having him involved in some capacity has got to be an advantage, I think. What do you think about these two? Oh, Zampa, welcome. Roll out the red carpet. Mate, come in. Make yourself comfortable. I really like him as a T20 cricketer. Nathan Lyon as well. 
just that veteran presence around when he's not playing test cricket will be invaluable to these guys. And then we've got Sidzi coming over back from the Adelaide Strikers, just however old he is, 38, 39 now. Still bowling pretty well in Sheffield Shield cricket. But the next one, Quinton de Kock, he's the big fish, isn't he, coming in from South Australia, uh, South, Australia South Africa, should I say. And um, he's one of the best one-day slash T20 cricketers in the world, isn't he? He's in the form. He's got to be in the form of his life. I mean, he's played a lot of cricket and he's getting on now, but bloody hell, he has been on fire. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he's going to be very popular. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be grabbing him. Yeah, um, sure. The last two guys here on the list, Harry Dixon probably doesn't get a gig there. Um, he's been playing locals at St Kilda. I, I feel like this is probably a developmental pick for them. Quality player in his own right, but I don't think he breaks into their best 11 unless we see some injuries. But I tell you who does break into their best 11, Joe Clark, who's come across from the Melbourne Stars. Mate, you blokes have absolutely stacked your lineup this year. Yeah, and unfortunately with our outs, there's no room for Sammy Harper. He goes across the Yarra to the Melbourne Stars. Dre Russ back to the West Indies. He was pretty fun to watch, wasn't he? Martin Guptill, who I still rate as once upon a time being one of the best ODI slash T20 openers in the world. And Matt Critchley, whoever you are, see you later, mate. No room for you anymore. Yeah, Guptill was uh, on everybody's super coach radar, I think, when he came across. Um, he obviously didn't start the season, but I think he was here in round three or four or something like that and mm-hmm. didn't do enough. Uh, everyone expected him to do a lot, and he came in at really expensive import price, Martin Guptill, and some people took a punt, and it just didn't work. So he, he isn't coming back this year, mate. But no. uh, there's a few guys that have been uncontracted as well. Now, you've got Zach Evans, uh, Marcus Harris. Akil Hussain was an interesting one. He was a very nice option last year and made a lot of cash for everyone and scored incredibly well. So he's a, he's a bit of a loss for you guys. But, I he's... mean, I'm pretty happy with Zampa as a replacement if I'm a Renegades fan. Um Jack Presswich, he doesn't get a gig. Corey Riccioli, and then we've got Keller Pothar. Peter Hanscom doesn't get a gig this year. David Moody and Farwad Ahmed. So, there, I mean, there are some decent cricketers there, but um, I feel like in general, when you look at the ins versus the outs, you guys are in a pretty good spot. So yeah. um, talk to me about the schedule, mate, because it's actually pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah. So in the first three weeks, they've got five games, which is, I believe, the most in the BBL. So we spoke about the Stars having seven games, was it, in the first four weeks? Five weeks. weeks. I I can't remember what it was. These guys have have also got seven games in the first five weeks with two double game weeks in the first three weeks. So alongside the Brisbane Heat and Melbourne Stars players, you can afford to throw a couple of uh, Renegades players in your side given that they don't have a buy until round seven. So uh, with our predicted 11... Who do you reckon opens the batting? Well, Quentin de Kock's a bit of, he's a lock, isn't he? Now, we've just got news as well about Quentin de Kock. There was a lot of questions around his availability to start because of South Africa's T20 series that they've got right at the start of the BBL. So we, we didn't know whether he was going to be picked or commit to South Africa. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. They've come out and openly said that he wishes to play in the Big Bash. But he is also contracted to a team in the T10 Abu Dhabi tournament. So if that team goes deep into the finals, we might not have him. Now, we still don't know whether he's going to prioritize the Abu Dhabi tournament or the BBL. It remains to be seen, doesn't it, until we hear more from him. But the positive is the T20 internationals are out of the way for him. So I, yeah. I would be very surprised if we don't see him in round one on the double, which it makes him an incredibly juicy option, regardless of the price, I think. 
What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Talk to me about him because he's dual position wicket keeper batsman as well at 180k. Yep, absolutely. One of the more expensive players in Supercoach this year, but I've got no hesitation to bring this guy in. We've seen the way that he's been batting over the last 12 months, making tons, making runs for fun almost, hasn't he? And he keeps well, so he's he's going to get points either way. The fact that he's come out and said that he wants to be a part of the BBL after not being picked for the T20s for South Africa, to me means that the um, T10 tournament that's going on earlier in the season, does that mean he's prioritising us over them and that we do see him round one regardless? I would think so. Or is that just me being a bias supporter? Uh, look, I mean, he's not going to come out and say, I don't want to go and play for the Renegades, is he? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe it's a bit of a media stunt just to kind of say, yeah, I'm excited to play. I mean, is he really going to ditch that T10 team when they make it to the semifinal? Just go, yeah, say you bye. Like, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Yes. I have no idea where he's. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love that yeah. because he's probably going to make his way into my team too if that's the case. Now, mm. some people will argue with you that he's 180K, so he's not cheap. He also is a batsman only, really. Um, he will wicket keep, which might get you an extra few points here and there for a catch or a stumping or whatever. You might average an extra 10 to 15 with the gloves on. But then we've got Joe Clark, who has the gloves as well. So, you know, you've got two guys in there that could potentially be wicket keepers. He probably gets the gloves. Let's just say that he does. It, it makes no sense. He's an international wicket keeper. But my concern is you can easily go out as a batsman only and don't get a chance for a stick. You, uh, you can get a duck. You can get a real good ball early on. And super coach, see you later. You know, you, you've got no points. So that's the risk with picking batsman only. And don't get me wrong, Steve Smith showed us last year that you can pick batsman only and it's okay. They're going to do well. But um, the risk for me is that Quinton de Kock in his career, I looked at this up earlier today, only averages 30 in Australia across white ball formats, ODIs and T20s. So it's not like he, you know, like he averages fifty in uh, fifty in New Zealand or Sri Lanka or someone like that. So he definitely has better performances in other countries and hasn't exactly lit us up in Australia. So there is always a climatization for international players when they come over. It usually takes them a while to get going. So that's my only concern is maybe he's a watch to start. But when you've got five games in the first three rounds, you're going to have to make a choice in round two very quickly if he goes bang bang real quick, aren't you? Yeah, aren't you? And this could be the difference between you being in the top two or three hundred and being in the top two or three thousand. Yep. He's a good option. Don't get me wrong. In the form of his life, he'll have the gloves. You, you just have to pay up for him. And that's that's yeah. fine. And, and I don't have a problem. And 36.8% of Supercoach don't have a problem either because they've picked him. So yeah. fine with me. Now, Sean Marsh is the other opener for me. 114K, 37 average. Only played four rounds of BBL last year because of injury. He's only two and a half percent owned. Does this screen pop? to you because I don't mind yes. it. Yes. We've seen the man when he's on. He's just such a good timer of the ball. He doesn't really hit that big of a ball, but he's just so good with the way he places the ball, the way he uses the pace of the ball. A little bit susceptible, if I remember correctly, to spin early on, but man, at 114K, he's juicy. On the double in round one, you can play him without really having to think twice. You don't have to stress too much. Like he'll... The only problem, again, is he's a bat only. So, And I've, I've made it very clear my preferences in terms of super coach with my team and, and trying to get people to bowl and bat if I can find all-rounders. But you do need to take a punt on a couple of guys that are batsmen only. A lot of people are taking a punt on Josh Brown knowing that he's probably going to get three cracks to start for Brisbane Heat. But I really like Sean Marsh. He's got the runs on the board, doesn't he? The pedigree's there. We know he's a quality player. He's just getting on. 
That's right. Yeah. Now, Joe Clark at three, I uh, I like as well, and we kind of spruiked him a little bit, didn't we? And when we did our first team reveal, um, he was he's he was in my team then, and he's still in my team now. 139.6k batsman wicketkeeper dual position, 45 average, currently under 10% owned as well, which I, I'm really surprised about. I thought he'd be higher owned than this, especially off his season last year. Yeah, absolutely. I wasn't really that aware of Joe until I went back and had a look at some highlights of him last year, and he was unbelievable. And to be under 140k, like again, that screams value. I I don't have Sean Marsh in my squad, but I do have Joe Clark in at the moment also. I like it. So he he slots in at three. He can definitely open the batting as well if Quinton de Kock isn't good to go or Sean Marsh gets injured again or whatever. So they, they've got a lot of flexibility there in this batting lineup. Now, speaking of flexibility, two guys that have opened the batting in the in their careers uh, very regularly in the past are Aaron Finch and Nick Maddinson. How do you feel about Lunch. these two guys? Because that is a really nice 4-5 punch. Oh, isn't it? So I like to call Aaron Finch Lunch. Why? Because okay. he looks like the type of bloke that would steal your lunch at school. And flexible, that's probably the first time he's been called flexible. But at 125K, ex-Australian opening batsman, both T20 and Australia format, 8% owned. This guy could absolutely monster attacks, you know. Does batting at four favour him so he's not facing that in-swinging ball early on and that once the ball gets a little bit older, the deck flattens out a little bit? Does this suit him a little bit better? Absolutely, it does. Mm. I much prefer him at, in the middle order. He's he's a very smart cricketer. The guy has been around the traps for a very long time. I feel like maybe we were getting to a point where he was opening the batting because he felt like he had to, because he was the leader and he's the captain. And, you know, like it, you feel like you need to make those decisions regardless of whether you're comfortable with them. And I feel mm. like he's so much more comfortable and looked so much better last year batting at four in the middle overs. So yep. he, he, he can assess a role really quickly as well. If the other guy's hitting the ball really well, he just gets himself off strike. If he knows he has to be the one to go hard because maybe someone else at the other end struggling or there's a bowl at a target or whatever, he can do that too. He can hit a long ball. So, you know, very, uh, I won't use the word flexible. It's probably the wrong, wrong term, but he's a very versatile cricketer, Aaron Finch. Vers- versatile is a good word. Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, Nick Maddinson is uh, my age. I played a lot of junior cricket, junior rep cricket with, uh, with Maddo. Now, 87K for what he can do. I remember when, I don't know whether you remember back this far, but when he was coming out onto the scene, um, he was the next big thing. Everyone was talking about how amazing Nick Maddinson was going to be. And, and the bloke was just in, such a good player, incredible player off his, off his legs as well. Um, he scored 150 odd off like 70 or 80 balls in an interest squad game once. The first time I ever heard of Nick Maddinson. We're playing against him. With everyone's talking this bloke up, but like, okay, let's see. And he hit everything for six. So that was that was fun. But Maddo now getting on in age um, has to play a bit of a different role now, doesn't he? And I, I kind of like the role that he has here. Is he going to bowl at all? Uh, if they need really quick overs, maybe. I mean. He's kind of the the second. Oh, he's not the second spinner. They've got Zampa and Raman, I, so I, I don't think he does get a bowl, to be honest. Okay. Um, unless someone gets injured or something, they can use him, or they want to get quick overs done. He gets through them real quick through the middle if they're behind on overs or something. But um, I'd say he just bats and batting at five. I don't really love it. I'd probably rather Sean Marsh spend an extra thirty k and get Sean Marsh, who you know is going to open, rather than have mm-hmm. Maddo at five. Yeah. Okay. Mate, the chief. The Chief Will Sutherland, batsman, bowler, dual position, 160K, 51 average on last year. He's 16% owned for good reason because he was incredibly good last year, wasn't he? 
He was unbelievable. What did he start at? Like 50 something K? Yeah, he was like dirt cheap. Really, yeah. really cheap. And everyone kind of wrote him off. I mean, uh, he was a very popular, cheapy option to start, but he didn't really fire straight away, did he? Took him a few games to get into his work, but then through the middle of the BBL, even into the back end, he just took off. So yeah. he was the difference potentially with people jumping on him at bottom price before he went off. Uh, mm-hmm. that I would say that the winner of BBL Supercoach last year and the year before the dual winner probably had him in their team, that's for sure. 100%, yeah. Would you go there? 160K. Yeah. No. You know he's going to bowl and bat. No. Too expensive. Yep. Fair call. Talk to me about Tom Rogers. Now, he's very expensive, 184K, but he's earned that price with nearly a 60 average and the highest average for the Renegades last season. Now, mm-hmm. he is only 2.9% owned, we can assume, because of the cost. What are your thoughts on him? Because he sends him down at a very nice pace. And I don't know how many times we have seen Tom Rogers bowl out Tom Rogers uh, in the Melbourne Derby. Yeah. It's happened too many times and confuses me when I'm looking at super coach scores. But if he wasn't so expensive, I'd probably pick him. Yeah, he's he's slippery. He's nice. He's good with the new ball. I, I just I rate him as a bowler. He can swing the stick a little bit, not known overly for his ability to bat, but Quick runs required, a couple of those left at the end of the innings could potentially sneak you some bonus points here and there. But, yeah, definitely, for me, in the top five opening bowlers in the competition. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, man. And um, so, we're, you know, we're down to Tom Rogers at seven. Now, this could change a lot, but they've got six decent, really good option bowlers in this lineup here. They've got mm-hmm. Tom Rogers probably opens the bowling with – uh, a Kane Richardson, I, w- I would probably guess. Then you've also got Peter Siddle and Will Sutherland to bowl their overs through the middle of the innings. And then you've got Adam Zampa and Majib Uraman to, to bowl their spin. So they've got six really nice options there and only 20 overs per inning. So someone's probably going to miss out in some respect. Now, yep. Zampa bats eight, I'd probably say. Majib bats nine, Kane Richardson at 10, Peter Siddle at 11. Who are your favorite picks out of those four guys? Because there are you probably have to pick a couple of these guys with the schedule. You have to. Uh, I really like Majib Rahman. Yep. He's, he's a really nice spinner. And to compliment Adam Zampa, on the bigger ground at the MCG, I think that's potentially the best dual or duo when we're talking about spinners in the competition. Um, are they going to be at Marvel? They will play most of their games at Marvel, I think. Yes. Yeah, Which nice. could be yeah, that... Marvel's a bit smaller, but yeah. Um Kane Richardson, nice bowler, sends him down pretty quickly as well. He's been a mainstay of the competition for a long time. Peter Siddle, extremely economical. If we know that he's going to play and play a lot early, I am going to pick this guy. Like he he has a knack of for picking up wickets. He's very economical, gets through his overs not too bad. Everyone loves the bloke. Like, just people are drawn to him with how charismatic he is. So I I think they pick him and they play him. I think that he definitely is in their best 11. He's still got Mm -hmm. it. He's still got it in him. You know, just two years ago, he was the highest wicket taker in the BBL for the strikers. Now, my only concern is that he has openly come out in a press conference very recently. I think it was about two, three weeks ago and said, this is the first time in his career he's been afforded a rest. So basically, Renegades have basically said to him, you're not going to play the whole season. You are going to be rested when you need a rest. Now, my concern there is that you're going to pick him on a double in potentially even round three if you don't start with him or you start with him or whatever. 
and then he gets a rest and he plays one game and it's basically like having a guy on a single game week. Yeah. I didn't know that. So well played and well picked up. That probably changes things a little bit given that if he's going to be rested, does he play those double game weeks then? Yeah, that's a question mark. It's a question mark. Mm. But he is popular. He's 27% owned and he is only 75K. And because he had such a quiet BBL last year for the strikers, didn't he? He, You're getting him at bottom dollar. It's just whether you want to use him as a cash generator on your bench, which I'm completely fine with because he's nice and cheap. Or if you're going to rely on having to play him, that's my concern. If you're relying on playing Peter Siddle in your starting lineup, that's probably where I would then look elsewhere and try and find someone that you know is going to at least get their double game weeks in and not be rested. For sure. Um, Richo, 143K, a uh, bit of an awkward price, isn't he? Between that yeah. kind of 120 and 180 mark, isn't he? So I'm probably going to pass options. on him. And we know that yep. he's had injury history as well, hasn't he, Richo? So uh, probably end up passing on him. He might fall into the same category as Siddle there and get a, a relatively regular rest throughout the BBL. Was, um, was Majeeb the one that dropped Maxwell before he went on cool, to make 200? Fielding at sh- uh, short, fine leg. I'm not sure. I'm not going to For those of you that are watching this, feel free to comment and let us know. I reckon it might have been. Mm, God, that'd scar him. You close your eyes and you'd see Maxwell's bat in the back of your eyelids, I reckon. Oh. Wouldn't yeah. Be good. Anyway. Wouldn't yeah, be good for confidence. Mm. Um, mate, who misses out here? That's our 11. Sean Marsh, DeCock. Then we've got Clark at three, Finch at four, Madison five. We've got the Chief at six, Tom Rogers seven, Zampa, Uraman, Richardson, and Siddle to line out the tail. Yep. Who, who misses I'm, out? Because there's a pretty big name here. I'm going to throw you out three names who have all played BBL and played to a, a level of, you know, competitiveness in the past. Jake Fraser McGurk, who has recently scored a hundred in record time in the local uh, Mercantile Mutual Cup. John O'Wells, who's been a mainstay of the competition and has played some good T20 cricket in the past. Not so much for Melbourne, but when he was with Adelaide, he was a really nice middle order batsman. And Mackenzie Harvey, like he played some really good cricket for the Renegades a couple of years ago as well. He did. All of them are good players. And they're not playing a BBL domestic T20 tournament for no reason. They're not representing their state for no reason. But uh, I, Jake Fraser McGurk's the interesting one for me. He's 62K. He's 26.9% owned. Now, I mean, at worst case, if Fraser McGurk gets a crack, he just goes ballistic. He's, he's a quality player. He's a guy I think everyone got a bit excited about with all the – but with the big score, with the record-breaking fastest 100 in domestic cricket kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you fit him in, in this lineup? Do you play him over Joe Clark, Finch, Madison, or Will Sutherland? The answer's no. I'm going to – if he was going to play, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he replaces Sean Marsh at the top of the order. Okay. You reckon, I reckon Joe Clark potentially goes to the top and then Fraser McGurk bats three. But I think regardless, either way, like you can't really go wrong with him. And because he's so cheap, he can easily be a guy you just chuck on your bench. And if he doesn't end up playing, you use him as a loop. The only risk in round one is if he doesn't get picked game one, you like him as the loop, you throw him in there, you you can then be captain on him. And then you're completely fucked. You do not want that. Um, That's the risk, I guess, with throwing the loop or using a non-player when they're on a double. So that, that's sure. something you need to consider. And I'd look for a 42-K guy, like, uh, guy like Nikhil Chowdhury or something like that who has bat bowl, mm-hmm. dual flexibility. Save yourself 20K, pick him, use him as your loop if you want to use it that way. 
Yep, for sure. So, mate, I really like this team. I like yep. it. There's so much experience and, and maturity in this lineup as well, especially batting. But, I mean, when you've got Peter Siddle in the lineup, Kane Richardson's playing international cricket, Majib plays international cricket, Adam Zampa is in the form of his life at the moment as a leggy. He's, uh, I think, just broke the record for the most wickets taken at an ODI by a leg spinner for Australia ever, which is mm-hmm. wild. Um, Tom Rogers coming off a career year. And then you look at this batting lineup and all of these guys have played international cricket on a, on a good level. Like... Mm-hmm. That's why I think they win. Calm the gates. Get around them. I reckon they take it. I reckon they take it out, mate. But speaking of taking it out, hopefully now that everyone's listened, or hopefully everyone's listened to all eight of our team previews, that's every team covered on how we think they're going to line up. And obviously some of these things will change. So when you get closer to the season, make sure to keep an eye out on all the future episodes because we're going to be doing a bit of positional analysis stuff as well. We're going to look for some pods for you, uh, some really low-owned guys. When I say pod, I mean point of difference. We're going to look for those. We're going to go through the most owned players as well and give you our thoughts on those. So plenty of content coming before the season. And of course, we will be going live as well at the end of every round to wrap up the round and talk to you about what our trade moves are. We're going to publicize our ranks and our teams and do all of that yes. kind of stuff too. So, um, and if you haven't yet, jump in the Discord. Do yourself a favor. Get involved in the, the conversation there and, and have a chat with us in Discord. We'll answer all your questions in there as well. And uh, you can get thoughts on your team from a... Very smart BBL community in that Discord too. Yeah. Now, um, mate, I've spoken enough. Have you got anything to add before we wrap up your your premiership winning gate? Uh, I hope so. It's been a bit of a drought, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this year. We've gone through all of the teams now. There's some really exciting prospects in almost every side. There's some schedules that don't favour some teams, but for the Gades, for the Stars, for the Brisbane Heat, especially early on. I'm loading my team up with these players from these teams, try and make some money early on. I've picked the rounds that I'm going to boost into, which on Discord we talk about there. We'll talk about it here more. But just really excited. What, three weeks until we get into it? Three, Yeah, a little bit more than three weeks. Season starts, mm. so I'm looking forward to it. And my team will only change another 10, 15 times max. So yeah, that's very right. exciting. Um, but mate, that'll do us. Uh, if you haven't hit subscribe, please do. Uh, so you don't miss any other future episodes, get your team sorted, hit the like as well. If you like the content and also follow us and leave us a review on audio. If that's your, that's your flavor, that'll do us, mate. We'll be back for some more content very soon, but until then guys, have a great one. Been listening to an insight fantasy sports podcast. Catch you later. Horse out.